Welcome to this very special edition of Put That Coffee Down here for our FreightWaves Net Zero Carbon Summit. I am not Kevin Hill, but I am Kaylee Nix here with some pretty big shoes to fill as far as it goes to get your Put That Coffee Down started for the day. Before we get into our conversations today, we've got three great guests joining us. Some of them from our sponsors, so we've got to thank them one more time as well. I've got to thank a give a big shout out to our universal sponsor, Samsara, for sponsoring today's event. Got to give a shout out to our regional sponsors of Leaf Logistics, Locomation, Redwood Logistics, and XPO for help with this event as well. Shout out to our demo sponsor, Velostics, and our content sponsor of Convoy. We had some demos from some of those great groups as well earlier in the day. If you missed any of those, you can head to tv.freightwaves.com. Recap all of those on demand anytime you'd like, along with recapping all of our on demand virtual events as well. We're going to get into our interviews here in just a second today, but we've also got to give a big shout out to our prize giveaway for the day, which if you're not registered on live.freightwaves.com, one, you absolutely should be because that's the best place to take advantage of everything that we have to offer here for our virtual event. You get into network with your other event attendees to network with some of those sponsor providers and those demo providers as well. It also gives you free entry into our giveaway for the day. Our giveaway is this very fancy Vitamix E310 blender, which as I mentioned, you can only win if you are registered to do so. And we're gonna be giving that away at the end of our programming here, right about three o'clock this afternoon. So head to live.freightwaves.com if you're not watching us there and get registered for that giveaway as well. Now we're gonna welcome our very first guest this morning. We have Deepti Yinredi, who is the Senior Director of Product Management at Samsara. And Deepti, thank you for joining us on Put That Coffee Down and for being here as part of our Net Zero Carbon Summit. Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. Happy to be here. So let's talk a little bit about what Samsara does. We have you guys as one of our sponsors for the day, which of course, thank you once again for being that universal sponsor. Talk to us a little bit about Samsara. Absolutely. Uh, Samsara is digitally transforming uh, physical operations, making them safer, more efficient, and more sustainable. Uh, we do that by connecting the world of physical operations to the cloud. Our platform makes it really easy for customers to access, analyze, and act upon IoT data from many assets such as vehicles, field equipment, warehouses, and physical sites. One of the reasons I'm excited to be here today is that we are passionate about helping our customers reduce their environmental footprint, and Samsara plays a big role in helping companies get real-time data they need in order to cut emissions, combat fuel costs, and achieve sustainability goals. It feels like the path to sustainability is all marked about understanding where you're currently at, right? You can't build a future forward if you don't have a good indication of where you stand right now as a company. Can you talk a little bit about what type of data your partners are leveraging through your system? What are they looking at bringing in specifically when it comes to looking at carbon-related initiatives? Absolutely. Um, so sustainability is built into Samsara's DNA as well as product. And we help our customers have direct visibility into sustainability metrics that impact our footprints um, in the sense that we offer a variety of features and integrations designed to help customers decrease fuel waste, uh, save on costs, and increase fuel economy. For example, our fuel and energy report measures consumption and costs in real time by vehicle and individual drivers. Uh, this helps our customers better understand their fleet performance. 
Um, take Dawn Transfer Company, one of our less than truckload carrier customers. They were able to reduce idling by 50% with the insights we provided uh, from our reports. So they're able to track their baselines and work on that and improve. Uh, we also have features that provide uh, EV sustainability um, in terms of EV suitability, real-time charging status, route planning, and more. So when it comes to those customers, when they're looking to start working with you guys at Samsara, what is some of the problems that are top of their mind when it comes to facing sustainability? Is it reducing overall, green, overall greenhouse gas emissions? Is it looking at ways to become greener but also more equitable with their companies? What are they looking at and coming to you guys saying, we have this problem, we want it solved? Definitely. Uh, that's a great question. Um, increasing fuel efficiency is definitely one uh, that they come to us with. Now more than ever, uh, organizations with vehicle and equipment fleets need access to services and tools that help them increase fuel efficiency and drive costs down. Uh, and we help our customers make small operational improvements that increase fuel economy, which can drive big change across an entire fleet. Second is electrification. Uh, many customers and industry leaders that we speak with have electrification goals uh, of 2030. That's a common year we're seeing organizations track towards fleet electrification. Um, we're excited about the impact that Samsara can have with EVs uh, for our customers. And we are already seeing results with some of them. For example, our customer, City of Fort Lauderdale in Florida, discovered that 46% of its fleet could transition to EVs uh, through Samsara's electrification report. That transition to electric vehicles is something that's huge. And it's kind of a common theme throughout the discussions today in our Net Zero Carbon Summit. But I think a lot of that can't come without talking about the transition to truly green electrification, right? It's Electrification is, is a good step forward, but if we're still sourcing energy from burning fossil fuels to create that electrification, we're kind of not all the way there yet. Um, do you guys at Samsara, do you guys have any customers that are starting to talk about that conversation? Or is it more just kind of getting into the first step of, you know what, let's electrify first and then green electrify second? Um, that's a great question. We see customers uh, across the board, uh, some at earlier stages of the transition to electrification and some who are already thinking about uh, the source of this uh, energy, where it comes from, uh, whether it's solar, whether it's another sustainable source and so on. Um, we are also noticing that the move to electric uh, through not only electrification of EVs, but also uh, figuring out where this energy from the grid is coming up, picking up rapidly especially as new vehicles become available. Uh, this is uh, something we're noticing that is on top of mind uh, for customers as rarely do we see market trends uh, so inevitable. Um, in just our last physical year alone, um, about 240 million cumulative hybrid and electric miles were logged onto Samsara's connected operations cloud. Um, and this is a combination of variety of energy sources for our customers. Um, while this awareness is more prevalent in Europe due to regulations and government mandates, we are also noticing this across many large fleets in the U.S. thinking about goals um, for 2030. I like that idea of kind of the connected cloud platform because it almost gives companies an incentive to report themselves, right? Because then they have, it's, it's like a journal of accountability, I would, I would almost call it. Um, does that platform give the opportunity for companies to look at how other companies are measuring up in their sustainability goals? Is there some type of like competition aspect? Because like competition almost drives adoption, right? Yeah, great question. Uh, let me share that we do definitely have benchmarking features within our platform. 
where customers are able to benchmark how they are performing with respect to other companies. Uh, that is anonymized, of course. So they're able to see how, what their fuel efficiency is compared to what is the benchmark and so on. Similarly, we have multiple different benchmarks where they can evaluate themselves against others. And just like you said, com- there's nothing that uh, drives adoption better than competition. And I love that aspect too. It's like it's almost like a gamification of getting into the sustainability space. What do you guys at Simsara think is kind of the biggest hurdle for these companies who want to get into and maybe start tracking themselves a little bit better or start setting a goal and then committing to actually making those steps for it? Is it actually taking the action, making their walk match the talk? Is it just finding a platform to do this? What do you think? Um, you hit it uh, ra- right on the head. Um, and basically, it's a combination of both. Um, so number one is being able to find a platform that serves all their needs. And with Samsara, they have a consolidated platform where they're able to use these features easily, set goals, uh, track data and analytics, and uh, track progress towards their goals and achieve them. And uh, at the same time, um, uh, there, there are uh, industry factors as well that customers are continuously watching. But now more than ever, we are seeing more and more customers set goals towards 2030 um, you know, and start their electrification journey, continuously track fuel efficiency and uh, work on cost reduction uh, and increasing efficiency as well. What are some of the goals that are upcoming for you guys at Simsara or what are you guys looking to do next with the platform? Definitely. Um, uh, Samsara is committed to operating sustainably and reducing our own environmental footprint. Um, and yesterday we released our inaugural ESG report as well. Uh, and this is something I I personally am pretty passionate about working at Samsara. And uh, over two years ago, we started tracking our carbon footprint and made investments to remove uh, and offset emissions to achieve carbon neutrality uh, and invested in several innovative carbon offset projects. Uh, our long-term goal is to reach net zero emissions by 2040. That's great to hear, Deepti, from you guys there at Samsara. If people want to get in touch with you guys at the company, maybe learn a little bit more or get involved in the platform, where can they go to do that? Absolutely. You can find us at samsara.com. That is S-A-M-S-A-R-A.com. And I really appreciate your time and encourage anyone to reach out if they have any questions about Samsara and how we can support your company's uh, sustainability goals. Great. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's great to have you too. Are you also on LinkedIn if people want to connect? Yes, uh, absolutely. My pleasure to be here today. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, my profile is DTYRDEPTIYR. Uh, great. Thank you so much again. And I'm sure that we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Kaylee. All right. So you heard it there. If you want to head over and check out Samsara, you can go to their website, samsara.com. You can also give them a big shout out for being one of our sponsors of today's event as well. Thank you one more time. Right now, we're going to welcome our next live guest for this edition of Put That Coffee Down. We have Andrea Pope, who is Solutions Lead over at Leaf Logistics. And Andrea, thank you for being here with us today as well. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. I'm excited to talk to you about this as well, because we're going to kind of dig into machine learning and what that means for trucking's carbon emissions. And I think that this is something that is so fascinating, because when you think AI machine learning, you don't immediately correlate it with tailpipe emissions on a truck, right? Absolutely. It's um, not at all. Um, And it's probably not the sexiest use of machine learning either in the space itself, but it's so practical and makes so much sense. 
um, it aligns very well. Before we get into the kind of nitty gritty of this conversation, let's get a little bit of background about yourself and at Leaf Logistics. Where are you guys currently sitting and playing in the carbon neutrality space? Sure. Uh, so first at Leaf, on a whole, we're really looking to change the way transportation is bought and sold. And that ties directly into our sustainability initiatives. So we use machine learning, as you mentioned, uh, to interpret a shipper's network in concert with the entire transportation network and its con continuously changing environment. And what we help them do is basically optimally place their freight in that network um, so that they're well positioned in the market and a natural impact of that are sustainability improvements. Um, as we help them build that optimal network, uh, we're reducing waste in many ways from empty miles um, and also dwell time. We've had huge impacts on dwell time as well. So this in turn has a very positive impact on our carriers. We allow them really to make more deliveries while driving fewer miles. Um, but even as important is that we're creating um, consistent, reliable patterns that their drivers are driving, giving them reliability that they don't see elsewhere. I love the idea of a neutral network because I think when you're talking about transportation, you always have a shipper fighting and saying, you know, well, this is more optimized for me. And then a carrier saying, well, you know what? I don't like that way. I want to do it my way instead. And you get kind of lost in the sauce almost trying to fight between the carrier and the shipper. And it's a lot of a challenge for logistics companies, for 3PLs especially. It wastes a lot of energy on a broker's side. It wastes a lot of time. And then you end up often falling short on one side of the expectations. I want to kind of get your ideas behind the, the building out of a neutral network. What does it take to truly make it equitable for both sides of things? Yeah, that's a great question. The most important aspect is the visibility, and that comes through data. So it's and it's data on both sides from, you know, shippers are rightly selfish about their own network. That's what's most important in them, and it should be. But they want to consider that in sort of the broader network space and how they plug into that. And on the same way, on the carrier side, that critical component of understanding where their assets are, um, not just today or tomorrow, but in three months, where those are going to be positioned and where they should be positioned allows that neutral network to really succeed. I think what's unique in our offering as well is that forward position. Um, when we're thinking about um, taking that waste out, it's not a one-time removal of waste. We're taking that out of the network in its whole because we're changing the way the network is coordinating together. And when you change the way that something is coordinated and is built down at the base level, then you set an example for how to build your next set of network advancements as well. What was, what's been kind of the reaction to this as people start to get on board with the idea of a neutral network? How are they responding and how are they now taking a look at, from a shipper side, taking a look at their own build out, whether that's keeping inventory in certain places or looking at flexible warehousing solutions? Sure. I think there's um, optimistic caution, which that's exactly what we want. Um, they want to know um, how it's impacting them. Um, and also, you know, number one importance is the service that a carrier is providing and thus LEAF is providing um, through that neutral network. So service remains um, in very important. But what we've also noticed is the that reliability and the consistent use of network moves leads to higher levels of service as well. So we're kind of ticking many boxes as we move there. Um, I can share an example of a 
a large consumer packaged goods company that we've been working with for several years. The first continuous move that we put together from them actually reduced their scope three emissions by over 80%. We're still coordinating that move for them um, and many others uh, today. When we think about their entire portfolio, so they have a 60 million-ish portfolio, um, when we're optimizing and looking at that network, we're actually reducing close to you know, the equivalent of taking 600 or 700 cars off the road on an annual basis. Uh, so it's a huge impact. So the sustainability focus we've seen increase significantly uh, in the last couple of years, but also in balance with where the market has been, um, when we can provide both financial incentive and sustainability, uh, we've had a very strong reaction. So now let's dive into that machine learning component a little bit, because it takes, real, as you mentioned, a ton of quantitative data to do this, but it also takes a kind of qualitative approach to understand the nuances of each shipper, the nuances of each carrier, and the personal preferences that lie in each company. How does machine learning help with that quantitative side? And then is it coupled with folks that work with you guys at LEAF to kind of make it more qualitative? Yeah, that's a great question. I think there's multiple levels of machine learning that take place from the initial ag algorithms that are identifying where opportunities exist to supplementing that with real-time information in terms of um, expected detention times or dwell times at certain locations. So there's multiple levels that go into a solution um, that get refined as you work down that process. So I think the most important aspect from my perspective is the identification upfront of the opportunities and understanding how those connect, not to offset the operational piece, but those are achievable with planning. Um, and that's part of what the network does is give you that planning. So it helps you overcome the operational components there. The network connections that are identified they're so numerous. So right now we have data from approximately 500 um, large shippers. When we run a new set of shipper data through, we might get 300,000 network opportunities. Obviously, not all of those are created equal, but the number of opportunities that exist on a repeatable, continuous process into the future um, is so significant. Um, what we focus our time on is identifying the best ones and those that make the most sense. And that comes down to the operational aspects. Last question for you today, Andrea. I, I, I mentioned that, or I see that you guys have a partnership now with IBM to talk about scope two emissions, which is really, really crucial because it's something that we could really take charge of. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. We're actually partnered with IBM to focus on scope three emissions, which is those emissions due to their tra transportation piece. So IBM, as you mentioned, has um, a large sustainability effort underway. We've partnered with them to help their customers reduce their scope three emissions through the tools that we have in place and we've talked about today. And so with that, what type of impacts have you guys seen so far from that partnership with IBM? Sure. That's a great question. Um, it's similar to what I've said before, where we're both impacting the empty miles and the dwell time. Um, I think dwell time is one very interesting um, component that doesn't often get talked about, but is critical. Um, if you think about a reefer truck waiting four hours to unload, that is a lot of CO2 wasted emissions, um, not to mention the efficiency for the carriers themselves and that wasted driver time um, and utilization of the truck itself. So where we're seeing um, some interesting things coming out right now is around that dwell time analysis.
Absolutely, and not only is it reducing turnover, reducing emissions, it also helps reduce turnover, I'm sure, as well, because you kind of make things better, not only from the sustainability side of true carbon emissions, but also through people help too, which I think is something that we don't talk about enough when it comes in terms of sustainability. If you're not taking care of your people, how can you take care of the earth too? <laughs> 100%, and I think, um, you know, I always think about, we kind of hit the financial piece, the sustainability piece, and almost that social piece, which is the people. When you running, when you have a carrier and a driver very specifically running the same route week after week, that allows them to plan what soccer games they can go to and when they can go out to dinner with their wife or whatever the case may be. Um, we help provide that social aspect. Um, the drivers like the work, which is great for turnover. And it's great for everybody there in fold. All right, Andrea, it was great to have you on today on Put That Coffee Down as part of our Net Zero Carbon Summit. If people want to get in touch with you specifically or if you guys at Leaf Logistics, where can they go to do that? Sure. I'm happy to reach out at LinkedIn. I'm at Andrea Pope. And then for Leaf, it's leaflogistics.com. We would love to connect. And thank you again so much for having this whole session today. It has been amazing um, and for inviting me here today as well. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, hopefully we'll get to catch up with you in the future as well and take care. All right, you too. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to welcome our last guest of the Put That Coffee Down segment today. We now have Aaron Breen, who is Executive Vice President of Platform Services at Redwood. So, Aaron, thank you for joining us today as well. Thank you very much for having me. And so, just as I asked everybody else, give us a little bit of a rundown about where Redwood is currently sitting in the sustainability piece and what you do specifically to help them when it comes to getting sustainability into action. Yeah, I think we were really early adopters on the you know CO2 emissions and CO2 emissions reduction. We've been doing um, you know CO2 emissions consulting for well over ten years now, leveraging technologies like Mercury Gate and uh, Oracle to help customers optimize their networks and reduce their carbon footprint. So you know our CIO said it uh, I think best the other day. You know, lean is green, and as we look to you know optimize shippers' networks. You know, we've been able to significantly reduce uh, carbon footprint through, you know, optimization and consolidation in our managed transportation business for well over 10 years now. That early adoption has been really key to the success of Redwood, I think. You guys kind of went out on, you know, not to make a tree pun, went out on a limb here. <laughs> when you started this journey into sustainability, looking at it from kind of this technology perspective, can you talk a little bit about the growth that Redwood has seen when it comes to sustainability initiatives and goals through that 10-year journey? Yeah, I think the biggest piece is our customers have driven our innovation. And I think that's across all of our products and specifically across our sustainability solutions. So I think it's really important to understand that our customers have been on the front end of this uh, alongside of us and have really pushed us into this. And I think it's led to uh, not only what we've done from an optimization and consolidation perspective, but you know, launching of net new green initiatives um, like the ability to actually, you know, in real time measure a, a company or a shipper's uh, carbon footprint and then provide them the ability to purchase carbon offsets alongside of that. That's something new that we are obviously launching um, as part of this Freight Waves event, but something that we're extremely excited about, uh, allowing shippers obviously to measure that carbon footprint in real time and then provide the ability to uh, allow shippers to purchase those carbon offsets. When you're a company that's looking to do business with a shipper and who's maybe trying to get into doing new business with them, if you're a company that votes with your values, obviously looking at their sustainability initiatives is something that's really important to you and it could be a make or break on if you choose to do business with them. 
How do you think that seeing this data from shippers really plays into those companies' decisions to say, you know what, maybe I do want to do business with you or maybe I don't want to do this? Yeah, I think it's extremely important. I think anytime that we're looking at a net new customer, I think our values have to align. We have to make sure it's a win-win both for the customer and for Redwood. And I think part of that value alignment obviously is around um, our green initiatives that, again, we've you know had in play for well over 10 years now. So I think it's extremely important from the customers to understand uh, our take on you know carbon footprint and uh, CO2 reduction. And you know, generally, even if a customer hasn't thought that that was something maybe 10 years ago that they were interested in, we've seen more and more adoption over the last 10 years. And specifically, it's been a, a huge selling point for our organization, I'll tell you, uh, over the last 12 to 18 months as it's uh, uh, moved to the forefront more uh, of the organizations that we're doing business with. And we can talk a little bit about leveraging data when it comes to getting into actually measuring your sustainability goals, measuring where you're at, specifically from a shipper perspective. Can you talk about how shippers can now use their data to kind of get more predictable and reliable results? Yeah, I think that that's the, the biggest thing that we've seen, you know, even over the last 24 to 36 months is the ease and availability of shipper data and it's getting better and better. I mean, we've seen obviously that move from uh, 10 years ago, a very manual Excel-based processes with, you know, TMS technologies being on the forefront to really kind of enhance data and analytics, um, you know, more on the forefront for what our shippers are doing today. So I think really that that ease and access to data, not only as shippers data, but leveraging other third-party data sources, you know, like Sonar, uh, like the DAT, like a variety of the other APIs that are out there through a variety of different brokerages and third parties, you know, really provide shippers a lot more access to data and access to data in real time that helps them drive, you know, decision making processes that can help them reduce that carbon footprint. So I think for us, it's really been uh, a seismic shift in terms of the ease and access to data, not only for the team at Redwood, but also for our kind of broader shipper community that leverages a, a wide range of our services. The explosion in technology for every piece of the freight industry, the freight tech space has just been absolutely rapid during the last 36 months. And I think the COVID-19 pandemic was a really big driver of that, but also kind of this general slowdown I think that humanity went through where we kind of sat down and took a look at, okay, what do we truly value about our lives? What do we really value about the work that we do and the work that we do with each other? Can you talk a little bit about how these last 36 months or these last two years have kind of thrust you guys forward? Was there any type of rapid movement forward from Redwood as you guys had to adapt during both the pandemic and now the outside expectations following the pandemic? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things there specifically. I think, you know, one, you know, we actually saw a pretty significant efficiency pickup um, for, you know, our business across the board um, going into the pandemic early. I think, you know, obviously we've got a lot of large offices in major metro areas um, where people had long commutes. And I think by taking some of those longer commutes um, from some of our people and, you know, putting them um, back in front of the, like the customer or spending that time with the customer, I think we saw an initial like efficiency pickup game uh, uh, gain, especially in the first part of COVID. I think just overall work environment. I think people are enjoying the flexibility of working from home um, and being in the office as well. So we've seen some pr productivity gains there. But I think that there is definitely a want and a willingness for 
a large number of our employees to be back in the office, maybe not in a full-time environment, but definitely in a part-time environment. Just that ability to really kind of collaborate as a broader organization. I think we've definitely missed that over the last two years. And as we've slowly started to bring people back in the office, you know, over the last couple of weeks, and we've actually had some events in uh, our offices in Austin and Chicago, I think that camaraderie that you get uh, by being able to uh, socialize with people that you work very closely with and have that human contact um, is very important and will continue to be extremely important as we kind of uh, move forward uh, slowly, uh, hopefully post-pandemic. That also is a really key factor when it talks about company culture, right? And kind of having that collaboration and that camaraderie, as you mentioned, throughout your company, then translates into the business that you do. And it makes kind of everybody more successful all around. And of course, this is put that coffee down, which means that it is a sales show. So we've got to take it back a little bit towards sales. Can you talk a little bit about how you guys can leverage technology, leverage data technology specifically, to get people to buy into this idea of sustainability? I feel like like selling sustainability isn't something that is super sexy to do, right? It's not, it's not easy. It's not the thing that everybody wants to talk about. But it is still a sales pitch. You have to get people to buy into this idea of doing better for themselves and for others. Can you talk about how tech, specifically at Redwood, helps support that idea? Yeah, so I think the biggest piece here is I don't think it's mutually exclusive, right? Generally, shippers out there in the marketplace today are looking to reduce costs. And generally, by a lot of the activities that even I talked about earlier on optimization and consolidation, whether it's moving hey, multiple LTL shipments into a single truckload or converting multiple parcel shipments into an LTL shipment, those types of activities at the end of the day drive savings to the shipper's bottom line. And they don't always necessarily know that those activities, while they're helping them save money, also help reduce their carbon footprint. So I don't actually think that a lot of those activities are mutually exclusive. I think it's really interesting when you can explain to a shipper that, hey, listen, by being able to save, you know, two, three million dollars a year converting, you know, uh, multiple LTL shipments to a multi-stop truckload can potentially uh, significantly also reduce your carbon footprint. It's just a win-win for the shipper. So I think, again, those types of talking points for the shippers that are out there in the marketplace are extremely important for them to understand that those types of activities, saving money and reducing carbon footprint are not necessarily mutually exclusive activities. Which is a good point to bring up because sometimes I think people get stuck in the mindset of, I've got to invest in this technology, I've got to retrofit all my trucks, I've got to spend all this money in order to get greener, but that's not always the case, right? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of times it's just taking a little bit deeper dive into their network, leveraging technology that is potentially already available to them um, to really evaluate those networks. And again, uh, we talked about the availability of data. It's really about being able to optimize those uh, customers' networks and shippers' networks in real time. We have a variety of different technology solutions, obviously, that we deploy on our customers' that uh, behalf uh, that do those types of things. So you know, again, it's not a mutually exclusive activity, you know, with the uh, convergence of, of uh, multiple data sources in real time and multiple technologies that you can integrate and implement. Um, uh, it just makes that access to data and that decision making process of, again, saving money and reducing carbon footprint very streamlined and, and very easy. 
Last question for you, Aaron, before we let you go. Today's Redwood demo as part of our program focused on building unique digital supply chain footprint using LPAS specifically as technology. When it comes to building that unique supply chain footprint or just a differentiated supply chain, differentiating yourself as a company, do you think that building a supply chain focused on sustainability first and then moving outwards is enough of a differentiator in today's space? Or do they need, do companies need to focus on building a supply chain just with sustainability integrated instead of at the focal point? Yeah, I, I think this is kind of an either or. And again, talking about, hey, we shippers have, have driven a significant portion of our innovation within Redwood, uh, specifically over the last five to 10 years. Um, I just don't think it's mutually exclusive any, anymore. I don't think it's a, an either or. I think, hey, leading with environmental sustainability at the forefront of everything we do is obviously critical for us but maybe necessarily not on the forefront or on the front of mind for uh, a lot of our customers, and that's okay. Um, but uh, to my earlier point that driving those cost savings while also being able to capture um, significant CO2 uh, reductions within a shipper's network are not mutually exclusive. So I think, mm. you know, it, it can be that front end of, hey, that is my value proposition to the customer if that is what they're looking for from a value proposition standpoint, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. And I don't necessarily have to lead with that because at the end of the day, Redwood, we're all about you know creating and building unique solutions with, with LPAS that are going to fit into a customer's very, very specific network. So at the end of the day, we're not trying to cram a solution for a customer that is not mm. going to fit you know, what their need is. And again, that's why we really provide a, a broad swath of solutions um, with LPAS and, you know what I mean, with Redwood Connect. Absolutely. It's not a one-size-fits-all approach. Well, Aaron, thank you for joining us today and being part of our summit. Great to have you as always, and we will talk to you again soon. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for the time. Absolutely. So if you missed any of those demos from today, you can head to tv.freightwaves.com and find them on demand. Same thing with all of our virtual events. You can find every on-demand session, all of our fireside chats, all of our keynotes as well. Filter them by event and catch up on things that you might have missed either today or in our previous virtual events. We're going to take another quick commercial break and then we'll be back with another block of fireside chats here for your next blocks. We have some stuff coming up from Grace Sharkey. Myself will be back once again with another chat from Emily Phillips at XPO Logistics talking about sustainability as a core value. And that one's one that I'm excited to present to you guys. And if you're not registered on live.freightwaves.com and your name is not entered into win our exciting E310 Vitamix Blender, make sure that you head there to do that. Thank you guys for checking out this episode of Put That Coffee Down. Kevin Hill will be back next week on Tuesday. We'll see you guys for our next Fireside Chats in a few minutes. I got friends only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause winning's expensive. I got expensive, cause winning's expensive. I've been making all the work. I've been getting all the work. And I've been shutting down the stars.